You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of Peer Pleasure with Dewey Halpas on Adobe Radio and Jabberjaw Media. I am your host, Dewey, your host with the most, bringing you more great content week after week. This week, we have Mr. Mike Mowry, the owner and founder of Jabberjaw Media. Uh, he also has Outer Loop Records, uh, Outer Loop Coaching. He's been a manager for a long time and a good friend of mine since I joined the network and actually right before that. Uh, and we've been... Uh, you know, hitting it off pretty well. So I wanted to have him on the show to go over what he's into, what he's working on. Uh, he's got a lot of irons in the fire. He's a very motivated guy and uh, just a cool dude. We, we hit it off pretty quick from the beginning and uh, do a lot of things together. We traveled to podcast movement last year uh, for the festival down there uh, in Anaheim, California. And that was the first time we actually met in person. It was mainly over phone and text before since he's in DC and I'm in Portland. But I think this is going to be a cool episode. Uh, we just got together on a Sunday and had a chat and uh, see where it went. And, and it went some cool places. And uh, I think you guys will like Mike a lot. Uh, a lot of you are probably familiar with him. Uh, he's been on all kinds of podcasts. He's a podcaster himself. He's got a podcast called Managemental with Blasco. Uh, Blasco plays bass for uh, Ozzy Osbourne and also is the owner of Mercenary Management. Uh, so two managers going at it every week. 
uh, going over articles and kind of putting their take and spin on those articles. And it's a pretty interesting podcast. It's managemental. Uh, it comes out every Monday on Jabberjaw Media. So check that out. Uh, it's a good one. I think you guys will enjoy it. Uh, so this week, uh, we've got rockabilia.com once again uh, sponsoring the show. PC Jabberjaw is the code for 15% off your order. Definitely check them out at rockabilia.com. Over 500,000 items for you to choose from. All licensed from the artist. It's some awesome stuff. I've got a Converge hoodie coming in the mail from them right now. And uh, can't wait to tell you guys all about it. And uh, so definitely check out rockabilia.com. Those guys are fantastic. Frankie and the guys over there have been sponsoring the network and the show for the last several months. And it's been a really good relationship. So I can fully stand by Rockabilia as a customer before even they were sponsoring the show uh, since I was a teenager. And I've talked about that on the show before, so I won't go back into that. But definitely check them out. So uh, this one went a little long, so I want to definitely get right into it because uh, I want you guys to get all of it on Adobe as well as on iTunes, wherever you're listening to this show. Uh, We are on PeerPleasurePodcast.com. We are on Instagram. We are on Twitter. We are on Facebook. Everywhere podcasts are available. Definitely tell a friend, rate, and subscribe to the show. It definitely helps out. We've got some new stickers that will be coming out soon, very soon, next couple weeks. Got some new designs up. You may have seen them on the Instagram uh, definitely check those out. Let me know what you think. Purepleasurepod at gmail.com is the email for comments and guest ideas. Not a whole lot going on this week uh, from my side. So let's go ahead and get into this one. I think you guys are going to have fun. So let's get into my conversation with Mike Mowry. Let's start recording, motherfucker. Yeah. Well, this is all recorded. I'm not going to put it out, but this is all recorded. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just, well, then let's talk fucking all day, week, month, year. It kicks in. It kicks in right when I. You're on the. You're on the Dewey Special mobile setup. This is. Uh, yeah. This is how I do most of the podcasts. Is literally in the van, in between other things, and. Yeah. Down by the river. Down by the river. I've done it in a park, done it in a rainstorm. I've done it in a parking garage. I've done it in a we're, fucking. We're, we're, we're still talking about podcasting, right? Yeah, yeah. I've oh, I've done it. I thought maybe, I thought maybe you'd uh, <laughs> switch topics on me, big boy. That's the that's the next that's the next step right there. But uh, yeah, boy. Oh shit! Hot tu- hot hot tub uh, <laughs> bonus episode. <laughs> Dude, this isn't even a bonus episode. Shane hit me up, wanted me to do a bonus episode. I was like, "Yeah, sure." No, no, no. no. I, I, I said, whatever. I was saying, we've been in the hot tub together, right? But taking it to the next level, what do we call that? Oh, you know, the next that's episode. That's the hot tub dude. bonus. The hot tub boner special. Whatever. <laughs> boner special. We gotta get Ed, 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 Ed Hill up Hill. In there. <laughs> yeah, I just I was, told I my wife about the other Ed day. Hill today, actually. 
Dude, what's that? Last night I told my wife about Ed Hill. I was like, because she's starting this do this makeup stuff, uh, this unique makeup selling thing, and and she's like, I don't know how to network. I was like, you just talk to everyone. I was like, when we were in California, that's what we did. We talked to everyone, and we and there's this guy Ed Hill that came up just talking to us, and we're sitting there having a perfectly good conversation. End up saying, hey, sit with us. He ends up buying everyone drinks, and we're sitting there talking for an hour and a half. About you know who knows what, uh, whatever concerts. Back a whole in the lot day, of who knows and, what. That, yeah. yeah, but who knows? Who knows where Ed Hill's going to come back? A whole lot of payola. <laughs> but but you and I are naturally inclined to engage in conversation, right? Yeah. Like we so that therefore it makes us. Uh, I'm not going to say better networkers, but more uh, likely to be natural networkers definitely an advantage absolutely an advantage yeah. and that's something that's and it's hard for her and and uh but she's learning and and in just talking to people went to a work party the other day and and uh, she started talking about it with people she just met and i was like see that's exactly what you do you just start up a conversation and it ends up going there anyway and then things start to fall into place and it's just it's that simple which to us it's simple but some people it's not you know so uh, yeah, but anyway, so, I mean, for those, I mean, we can, we can start this whenever, but, uh, for those listening, I mean, this, this thing could be 10 hours. It could <laughs> it very well. How are we, how do you have a plan to make sure it's not 10 hours? Uh, I have a phone battery and no charger in my van. So yes, I All do. Right. <laughs> that's my All right. contingency plan is the, the phone, I, but Here's the good thing. I finally upgraded to an iPhone 6S. I took the plunge and upgraded to a 6S. I love it that that's you taking the plunge, right? Yeah. Like that's the thing that I ditched, <laughs> uh, you know, last summer because it was slowing me down. Oh, dude. And that's what you're on. It's changed my whole life, but the battery lasts longer. So, you know, this could go for 10 hours. I don't know. Well, you know what I said about switching from? I think I just had the six, not the six. You know, whatever. I, I didn't have the big one, not the plus. Yeah. Uh, I said it was like going from walking through quicksand to when I got the 10, which was like flying on a magic carpet. <laughs> See, that's insane because this this 6S is the fastest thing I've ever seen. Like, I'm just cruising. I, I, I know, right? But that's like if you're used to riding, you know, whatever, name some car, you know, a, a Ford Fiesta. I don't even know if they make those anymore. Dude. Right. And then you drive like a Hyundai, you know, a D or even a better Ford, you know, you're stoked. You're like, yeah. Oh my God, this is great. <laughs> but then you drive a Porsche, you know, and it's just, again, as we were talking before, you know, before you hit record or before you edit it out, there's a, there's a spectrum of things. And, or, you know, sometimes uh, sometimes there's overlap, and sometimes you're way far off. Dude, you know what did it for me is the, the headphone jack. I need the headphone jack <laughs> to record this podcast, so I can't be without so there's it. An, there, there's, an, there's an adapter. They said it was cheesy. <laughs> I was like, "Don't even, cheesy? don't even show it to me. Don't even show me this adapter. I don't even." They're like, "Yeah, you can get this cheesy adapter for the seven or whatever." And I was like, "No, you know what? Just give me the six S." And uh, dude, you're talking about functionality, right? Yeah. Not cheese. Who gives a shit? Who was? T- I mean, <laughs> dude, 
whatever. I'm recording in my van. I guess it doesn't get much more cheesy than that. Or hardcore. I don't what, know. What else is what <clears throat> what else has happened in that van? Dude, all all kinds of shit. This is a ninety five. This is, is a ninety five Previa. This is a ninety five. Who is the most who is either the coolest, most famous, or the person you are most proud of to have accompanied you in that van? As far and as I don't on the podcast? Biblically. No. Whoa, that'd be cool. I just mean sitting in it. Sitting Who, in it? You know, yeah. God damn. Uh, I don't think, uh, I think it's been my wife, my kids, and myself. I think, I don't think anyone's ridden in this van. See, I was really trying to set you up. Dude. Fucking hit a grand slam here, you know? With your friends. Oh, shit. Kind of cool. Yeah, wait a minute. Right? Hold on. See what I'm doing for you here, dude? Dude, Grammy winner, Grammy winner, multi platinum artist, John Gorley and Zach Carruthers from Portugal, the man have ridden in this van. There you are. I knew, uh, yeah, even though I didn't know, I didn't, I did not know that they had been in it. Yep. I knew. We grabbed plumbing supplies at Home Depot. For you. <laughs> uh, so. What I love about this is it kind of feels like it's my podcast. It, it well, that's how you do right? things. Like, like, like I, I'm asking you questions. <laughs> is that what you intended, or are you asking me questions? No, I intended this absolutely. I know how you are. I, I did you the can... same thing on uh, Jamie Joss's podcast. I was just going to say out there, go, go check that thing out. It, it was, I mean, Huey, <laughs> I'm honored to be on Pure Pleasure. Don't get me wrong, but you know. It was cool to be on Josta's podcast. Fuck yeah! I was just gonna say, stepping up here to peer pleasure, you know, Josta's Josta show, Josta show, whatever, you know, like you're on, Look, the, you're on the you main stage know, now. You, you, well, you want to know what, uh, what his show, the show that I am the co-host of, and your show all have in common? I got a good idea. Go for it. Uh, because they're hard. Ooh, I do yes. like that. And actually, I'm kind of cheating. I'm kind of cheating for Josta, but Jamie Josta, pure pleasure, manage mental. Double M, double mm. P, double J. What do you think? Is that Good a stretch? Point. That is a stretch. And but see, well, Josta to always Josta brings in a lot of terminology that is like business lingo. That a lot of people I don't think understand, you know, when he starts talking about, uh, you know, just the slang of the business, which I enjoy because I understand most of it from being in it. But uh, that's one thing he does a lot that I think may confuse a lot of people. But I love his show. He's a great he's a great conversationalist. And I love that he always has a story to go with things. He has hilarious stories, just like you do. Like, that's why it's it's fun to listen to. Like, I could listen to you or I could listen to Joss to uh, talk to anyone. You know, I, and most well, of the people on his I, show I've never even heard of, which is, I mean, it's people that I don't listen to or know much about, but I'll listen to it just because it's, it's good. All right. So, so though we won't dedicate this entire podcast to Joss's show, I will say... <laughs> I think he does try to do a decent job of at least making people kind of aware of what he's using that lingo. But yeah, it's sort of hard to explain a settlement or 
you know, I don't know what other business, a, what other like music a sunset business clause. specifically. Sunset clause, sunset was a good clause one. right? It's sort of hard to go and explain that stuff, but I think he does a pretty good job of at least just acknowledging that maybe the the you know the the common listener might not know what it is, but he does oftentimes, or at least he has in the past, when people write in and ask about that stuff. You know, I think he tries to clarify it. Um, when I had more time to listen to podcasts regularly, I his was one where, like you were saying, I would see a guest and be like, eh, I don't really know who that is, or like, eh, I don't really care about their band. But then I forced myself to listen to it, and there was always one at least one nugget of like information or inspiration that i got either from jamie himself whoever the you know guest was or or what that's what i like about but i guess that's what's kind of cool about you know the podcasting space is you know i guess yeah if you if you gravitate towards a show and listen regularly you will be rewarded yeah, absolutely. This is one thing I've learned. The one thing I've learned from podcasting last year and a half, year whatever it's been, the the main thing that I was always striving for with this show because I thought it would work uh, is the bigger the guest, the bigger the show. And it's complete bullshit. Like you have to build an audience to your show because it does like that exact reason is you it doesn't fucking matter who's on the show as long as you like listening to the host and the person talking to each other like it's as far as the conversation so so, so let me let me see if this is what you're saying mm -hmm. if you get henry rollins have you gotten henry rollins on your show he's turned me down twice well he turned me down once okay. because i asked before i started the show i i got ballsy and i said you know what i've emailed with henry before I'm going to send him an email. Hey, I'm starting this show. I want you to be my one-year show. Let's set it up now. And uh, he wrote back. He's like, dude, I'm not going to be able to do it because I'll be on tour. And I don't – on tour, I really don't do much of the interviews. And then after the show took off, you know, the first year in, uh, I emailed him again. But right. I got an email back from his manager. Yeah, all right. You sent an email. You got an email back. All yeah. right. You haven't had him on the show. No. Who has been your, you know – perception wise like if you weren't familiar with your show and and you went and looked at all your guests who would the biggest who's the biggest name that would be either uh uh andy from fallout boy or dave lombardo from slayer okay so we've gone way too long on the point i was trying to make but i think what you were saying is if i am a fan of Andy Hurley or and or Fallout Boy, but I and I see, oh wow, he's on this thing, Pure Pleasure. I'm not going to be, or only a small percentage of people are going to be inclined to listen to it because they don't know your show and they don't know you as a host. Is exactly. that kind of what you're saying? Yeah, okay. they don't. They don't. And so. Put it this way. So Fallout Boy, 9.5 million Facebook subscribers. That post for that episode goes up. It gets viewed 86,000 times in an hour and a half. But 
downloads-wise, Johnny from the Blood Brothers did double what that episode did. So right. that's what I'm saying is, is so, the conversation – and the conversation was great with Andy, and I had a great time, and I loved it, but I was kind of like, man, this might bring a ton of people to the show. It didn't. It got a great response, and I loved doing the episode, but it didn't have any more effect on download numbers than just talking to someone – uh, you know, that have been out of the game a while that doesn't have uh, even a Facebook, you know, like with John. Right. But but so there's so many things to unpack here, right? First and <laughs> foremost, 9.5 million Facebook fans. Fall Out Boy's had a Facebook presumably since the inception of Facebook. Sure, so absolutely. a lot of those fans, you know, I'm not going to say they've abandoned the platform because they've kept their profile, but they're not really paying as much attention as they once did, right? Yeah. I mean, we saw this when MySpace went under and Facebook became kind of the the new go-to. There's a lot of bands that, you know, were big on MySpace that immediately became big on Facebook. Now, what is it, 10 years removed or however many years it is, those bands still appear to be big because they got that initial bump They've, of course, gotten, you know, more fans over the years, but that initial bump, you know, skews it. So at present day, that number of, of fans or likes is out of proportion to who actually likes them. Now, with Fallout Boy, it's totally different because they're still huge. But going back to Hurley versus Blood Brothers, do you think that it's your demographic of your listener or potentially even the demographic of podcast listeners, i.e. older people, not younger fans, like you would presume a fallout boy fan is, although I'm sure they've got the spectrum of ages, but blood brothers, I mean, that band, you know, the people that are familiar with that band, like they are the target demo for music-based podcast listeners, right? Sure. That would be my guess. And it was kind oh. of lightning in a bottle too, because Johnny had never done a podcast before. That's the first thing he told me. He was like, "Man, this is my first time." I was like, "What? Really?" And then I looked it up. What? Uh, he hadn't. So it was it. That was the you know how, who knows how many times everyone else has been interviewed. But John, how was, was it? How, 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 what did, what did you think of his first time? He loved it. He thought it was odd. And I, I thought it was great too. We email, we still email back and forth here and there about like different things. And, and Cody's going to come on the show as well. And Johnny set that up. Um, but he had a good time. Like he, and he, he, he thought it was interesting because it was basically just having a conversation. It's just being recorded. You know, it's not an interview per se. Like I'm not asking, right. like, you know, what's your favorite color, blah, blah, blah. You know, which bands are usually, in. well, so was he the singer, or was he a, a different guy in the band? Uh, he's one of the. He was the blonde singer, the the okay. short blonde singer. Yeah. So imagine that you call this guy up, ask him to come on your show, to talk about himself, and he enjoyed it. Hmm. <laughs> I bet I'll walk away from this saying that I enjoyed it because Dewey, you're allowing me to talk. I mean, yes, we're having a conversation, but sure. part of it is get to talk about ourselves who has been your favorite interview that you've done man that's a good one well we're still in the middle of this one so there's still there's still ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> but uh, i wearing? say this all the time 
speaking of what are you wearing, uh, Rachel Midori. That was my favorite. I, and that one was the one you were there for it for part of it in, in Anaheim. And it was still yeah. the most just genuine, real conversation I think I may have had in my life. And uh, yeah, she she was that was cool to to be able to witness. Um, and shit, the time that I was in the room listening was mind boggling. Some of the, the things that she's had to deal with and been through in her life. So. Uh, okay, so she, what about, uh, musicians that you've interviewed or had on the podcast rather, who's been your favorite? Well, it was, there was another that was my, my other favorite, which was also in Anaheim was John Clardy from Terramelos. We had a blast on that one. That one was also, and I'm, I'm, these are both in-person interviews because I do enjoy the in-person interview much more. Um, but yeah. Well, and also like the sun, the sun was shining. You'd spent the morning in the hot tub. Yes. You were at a podcast <laughs> conference. So, like, you know, a huge part of it is the, the element, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Um, who is the guest, the musical guest? You know, who's your uh, who's your Mount Rushmore, right? And, and you can you can include people that you've already interviewed. Okay, interesting. You 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 know Mount Rushmore, right? With the yeah, four presidents, there's four so. presidents. Well, Ian yeah. Ian so McKay was one that I the second I started thinking about a podcast, I wanted to talk to him. Yeah. He was he was awesome, and that was uh, that was definitely on that list. Um, man, I'm trying to think who else Rollins, is on there. Well, maybe? Rollins, Rollins, of course, yeah. So Ian McKay and Rollins. Um, I really wanted to talk. I mean, man, that's a tough one. There's so many to put on that list. Um, man, Matt Pike from High on I Fire. Mean, He's another one I've been really trying on, and uh, um, yeah. So, is it the guest to play hard to get, other than Ian? Uh, you know, because you're saying you were trying hard. So, does that factor into, you know? why you want them i guess what i was looking for is like you know if you could talk to four people from a band you know from different bands or singers or whatever Mm -hmm. who are those you know who are those four people right yeah man that's a whatever i think i I think i I think we lost it it's too it's too much it's too much to think about ian mckay henry rollins uh for you this is for you. Yeah. Who are the other two, right? There's got to be two more. I mean, name your two other favorite. Billy Joe, whatever his name yeah, is. Yeah, Billy Green Joe. Day. Billy that's Joe that, from Green Day. That would be a great one. That's, that's how I you tried. got your start. Yeah. And then Man. Uh, I would, there's got to be one more. I mean. I really, Jesse Michaels from Operation Ivy, I would love to talk to. I've tried, and he turned me down. He's like, I don't do interviews like this anymore, but good luck. But I don't think that one will happen. But I would love to talk to him too, because that was another super influential. Other than like Nirvana and people, I couldn't talk to. I mean, like Dave Grohl, I guess Dave Grohl would be on the list. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's all right. So now, you, now you've gone to five. So I guess we'll allow you to do that because you're the host. So your Mount Rushmore has five people on it. Yeah. Uh, my amp goes to eleven, four. and my Mount Rushmore has five. I like it. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. 
Have you had your friends, Grammy-winning friends uh, from Portugal the Man on your show? I have. Yeah, I've had uh, John and Zach both, um, and Eric will be on soon, I hope, as well. And then, uh, yeah, yeah, I've had them on. They were on really early. They were, John was like episode 10 and Zach was 18. So super early on when I had reached out to all those people that started the show and, and everyone kind of started saying yes. And I was like, oh, shit, I got to record all these. Um, that, since uh, since you did do, you know, of course, your show's expanded. What what episode are you on? What episode will 70, this one be? That, last, uh, yesterday, uh, Kira Rossler from Black Flag was episode 72. Okay. Yeah. So when will you consider having second interviews with people? Repeats. Sorry, not interviews, conversations. Yeah. Since they are conversations, it seems like you you would be able to to have, yeah, multiples, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm not opposed to that at all either. And and, uh, Andrew Forsman, I wanted to be my first repeat guest. because he was my first guest. Andrew, Andrew, Andrew who? Forsman uh, for, for, <laughs> from uh, Fall of Troy. He, he, was, uh, yeah. he was my first episode, and uh, he lives down the street. And, but he's got a baby on the way and everything else, so he was going to be my Christmas episode last Christmas, and we just didn't end up getting it done. Uh, so now Ray Harkins has been my first repeat. Um, now that he's got that, that new Taken EP coming out, uh, he hit me up to come on the show, and I brought him back on, and we had a pretty deep conversation about the whole uh, cancer thing, and and goddamn, oh, yeah. that was rough. I mean, so was, Ray, uh, for, so so Dewey, you know, you're not you're, you're pulling a Josta here, right? You know, you got to make sure that people know who Ray is. Host <laughs> yes, of one hundred words or less podcast on the Jabberjaw Media Podcast Network, singer of a band Taken, and the cancer thing. You can't just call it the cancer thing. It's yeah, his his wife did. You know, what do you say? I mean, she she battled and in remission. Is that? Yeah, yeah. I don't. I, yeah, she's in remission, and uh, he Ray man. Ray Ray is just such a genuine dude, right? He's one of the like, best. He's such an awesome, awesome, nice guy. Um, I guess we'll continue with the theme of me asking you questions <laughs> at least for a bit before we turn the tables. Sure. Uh, you live in or around Portland, right? Yes, Portland, Oregon. Right in the right Have in the heart you of it. considered having uh, Fred Armisen or Homegirl, what's her name? Uh, uh, from Carrie Portland, Brownstein? Yes. Have you considered reaching out to them? I have. Bring them on the show? I've kind of, I work my way into things. So, like, I kind of, if I know someone in the camp, I'll kind of reach out to them too because usually I'm interested in them as well, and I kind of work through that way. And I reached out to uh, Janet from Slater Kinney, uh, who I met when I did um, Patty Schemmel from Hole at Pals in person. She came in; she was doing the book signing or whatever, and uh, didn't hear anything back. But I don't think I don't so, know if Carrie so lives here. I don't think Fred lives here. No, I, I mean. But, dude, I mean, don't they come visit, or is that show done? That show's done. Uh, Just ended. R.I.P. Um, <laughs> but going back to networking, if you include that part in the episode, I mean, that's that's such a key element of networking, right? Of, well, I don't have access to the, the person that I'm trying to get to, but I'm one or two steps removed. 
And, exactly. you know, before, b- before you were podcast famous, like you are now, you know, we spent a lot of time, you know, you and I through our fast friendship and through our relationship of your show being on Jabberjaw, we spent a lot of time, you know, brainstorming good guests or you asking, Hey, you have a contact, you know, here or contact there. And, uh, yeah, we got we got a lot done that way. Exactly. We actually we did. And that's one thing I was always so excited when I was able to do it on my own as far as like when I got a guest that was, you know, pretty pretty decent guest and I was like, "Dude, Mike, you'll never guess what who I got." You know, like it was like it was like when your uh, you know, your dad teaches you how to do something or whatever and you do a good job, but you did it yourself and you you know, I was always excited for that because we worked so much together on, you know, kind of weaving me into these circles and uh which was you know just one of the most valuable things i can think of was just like you know basically what you did is is you put me in touch with people and then let me either succeed or fail uh at making the connection which i loved it wasn't like hey it's mike set him up it was hey this is my friend dewey he's got a show take it from here and that I love that well, because it, it forced yeah. me to learn how to talk to people in that way, in that in that capacity. Someone and and also, okay, Mike introduced me. Now I can't fuck this up. Like I don't, I I have to, you know, be professional and I have to, you know, uh, be on that plane. And that also helped me, you know, keep that bar high, which was which was. But also- you were gonna, uh, yeah. I, I never had a doubt in regards to that. But yeah, you know, just as much as you enjoyed uh, taking it from introduction to you know completion or uh dismissal yeah i really enjoy connecting people right i that's yeah. one of the things i i really like doing is you know of course if it's somebody i like and trust like yourself yeah i'd love to open up any and every door that i can for you for opportunities for your show or otherwise yeah and it's been huge i mean that the uh, hands down the single most you know useful tool that i've had for for the whole show in general is just having that door where where i could say hey mike do you know something well i don't know that person but i know this person and we play the connection game you know and it's it's just like a a detective kind of thing almost like it's got this like almost game aspect to it like all right and play the game and 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 make it to the end and and that's the completion when you do the episode and and uh i mean it it, 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 it's it's pretty funny because we have an intern uh, for Jabberjaw who actually lives in Portland. Um, and I thought that, you know, our, our podcast network manager who hired the intern told me that she had a side gig doing ticketing for Thrasher Presents. Okay. Which is, you know, lo- local promoter. Yeah. And so, you know, I haven't seen the guy in years, but Mike Thrasher, when I was a tour manager, you know, always really friendly. So I kind of, you know, on this text thread with the intern when we were talking about something else, he said, oh, hey, and if you see Mike Thrasher, you know, tell him, you know, I say hello and reminded him which, you know, bands I'd tour managed. Uh, And she's like, wow, it's just so interesting to see, you know, how people are connected, you know, and, and, you know, I joked with her in the text thread. I just said, yeah, when you're old, right? (laughs) And you've been doing this for 20, 25 years, you know a lot of people. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. So, and that's it. That's, All that's right. how it goes. Let, let's flip it, do. 
it's on you. You're asking the questions or, or leading the conversation. What's going on, guys? This is Dewey from Peer Pleasure, and I want to tell you about our newest sponsor, DistroKid. DistroKid distributes your music across all online platforms. They are an amazing company. I've enjoyed working with them the last few weeks, and they're going to be with us for a while, and I really, really appreciate that. I love working with great companies, and DistroKid is one of them. Uh, they have an awesome thing they're doing right now called Splits. Now, if you're working, as most people are, online, doing collaborations with people from all over the country, all over the world, as easy as that is with the internet, uh, you want to get those people paid when you put that music online. And splits can do that. You can add an unlimited amount of collaborators to any track. You can change the splits at any time. You can add or remove collaborators at any time. You can see previous splits. And all your collaborators are going to have to do is sign up for a DistroKid membership, a DistroKid account, so they can get paid. And as always, DistroKid never takes a cut. You and your collaborators get 100% of the earnings in total. A couple other awesome things that they do is they set up an official artist YouTube channel. Uh, you can use Spotify Canvas, synced lyrics, promo card to promote your release on social media, a mini video for your socials as well. There's just so many awesome things about using DistroKid. And like I said, I don't advertise things I don't use, haven't signed up for. I have signed up for this. It is a breeze, literally a breeze. And you can get going right away. So definitely check out DistroKid. And I want to give you 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level. That is distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP for Peer Pleasure Podcast. Once again, that is 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level. Distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP. Go check out DistroKid right now. Distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP for 30% off. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey everyone, this is Tuck from Fit for a King, an off-road minivan. Every week I bring you fun interviews alongside your favorite metalcore entertainers with my new podcast, Get Tucked. Join me every Monday with bands like Counterparts, Crystal Lake, like Mods to Flames, and many more. We play unsigned and undiscovered bands, deep dive into each artist's history, and of course provide the greatest breakdowns in current metalcore. Tune in to Get Tucked every Monday, out now through Sound Talent Media. Hey guys, this is Dewey from Peer Pleasure, and I wanted to tell you about Premium Pleasure, our premium subscription service that's available now. Peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm is the website. There's three tiers, Tier 1, Tier 2, and Tier 3. Tier 1 is $5 a month. It gets you the ad-free experience. Tier two gets you access to the Peer Pleasure Passcast. It gets you access to the videos of the interviews. It gets you merch discounts. Tier three is $20 a month. That gets you all of that. It gets you the Passcast, gets you the video footage, discounts on merchandise, and monthly Zoom calls well, with myself and other guests. We're going to have all kinds of stuff in there for you. There's all kinds of stuff in there for you now. There is, uh, I believe, 30 to 40 videos of these interviews. There is uh, multiple episodes of the past cast. The past cast 
is a podcast that I'd started separately that is me and another podcaster or me and a guest uh, discussing a deep dive into their favorite episode of Peer Pleasure. Um, so there's a bunch of those on there. So so-and-so and I would talk about the Chino Moreno episode. So-and-so and I would talk about uh, the Yvette Young episodes. And we would do a deep dive and tell where they came from, how we got the guest, stories of, of that weren't discussed on the podcast or maybe weren't in there. Um, it's just another glimpse behind the curtain. So that's the big deal with this premium service is giving you a glimpse behind the curtain of how the podcast is made, gives you access to things I'm doing and things that we're doing with the show, um, gives you, you know, ad free stuff. It gives you just all kinds of, of things that we could throw in there to help make it a valuable part of your month. Cause I put everything out there on this show. I put everything I have into this show. Um, so being able to give you guys that little bit of extra is a big deal to me and having your support is a big deal to me because if we don't support our artists and creatives, we're not going to have any left. So I appreciate it. Peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm is the website. Go sign up today and get some of this premium pleasure. Well, I want to know, you sent me some stuff. I don't know how much you can talk about, but you, you sent me some, a, a picture last night. Uh, of a new podcast idea we've got we've got so much stuff to talk about because uh, right now i mean people have heard you on podcast you've been on multiple podcasts they know kind of where you come from you know and maybe may my listeners don't but mike mowry outer loop management uh outer loop records um you know you're a force in the music industry for sure and that's one thing that uh through the podcast network you run jabberjaw or our own jabberjaw media stephanie is running it now um you've been able to you know branch out to all these different fields but now we're taking podcasting music and now you know some tech stuff as well i mean you just got your hands in all these pots which one is your is your main focus right now uh interesting question um and I guess, you know, I've been managing artists for 15 plus years, and that's still the core of my business. Uh, I've been fortunate enough to gain experience and, you know, meet other people that have allowed me to, you know, expand some of the opportunities, you know, that you, that you've mentioned. So take the podcast network, for instance, uh, probably three years ago at this point, you know, a couple of people, Ray Harkins, who you mentioned earlier, Hunter Woods or Less, uh, Bad Christian, which is our friends Matt Carter and uh, Toby from Emory and their buddy Joey, and, you know, one or two others invited me on, you know, to be a guest. They thought my story of, you know, being old, being a DIY punk hardcore kid, mm-hmm. playing in a punk hardcore band, tour managing, into management, you know, having a you know, career, they thought that was interesting enough to to bring me on. So that's really when I fell in love with podcasting. And I caught wind that those guys, Ray and Matt, and a couple other people were trying to put a network together. And, you know, I was excited about it and wanted to be involved because I really liked the format. And what I thought I brought to the table was kind of, you know, either business development or like relationship building. Mm -hmm. And so as a manager, 
you know, now I've got a, we have a record label too, and I have a coaching platform. But as a manager, I'm talking to people all day, every day. I'm talking to other managers. I'm talking to, uh, hey, dude, can we pause for one sec? Yeah. Like, all right, I got to take this call. So hold on. Okay. okay. Yeah. Uh, sorry, talk- sorry about that. That's okay. Uh, life, life of a manager. You know, we're recording this on a Sunday. You know, it uh, sometimes the fun never stops. So, <laughs> uh, we were talking about I think formation of Jabberjaw potentially, and you were kind of asking me what my main focus is, and and so, you know, I, I'm privileged that I'm able to be involved in a lot of cool things, and. You know, again, some of them are things I'm spearheading, meaning, you know, my idea that I'm bringing to fruition. And some of it's just the result of, you know, knowing good people and, you know, seeing how I can, you know, be of help to them in the case of Jabberjaw when when we started it. You know, take the outer coaching platform, which, you know, is my desire to educate artists uh, you know, developing artists primarily, you know, about things and tools that they can have and utilize in their arsenal, you know, to, to build their careers either, you know, independently or until they can get recognition from, you know, management company, label, agent, you name it. But I do that with a partner who I met through the podcast network. Okay. So he was a ho- he was a host of one of the shows at the time it was uh, the metal suck show. Um, and you know, he, he moved on from there and he was doing another show called the metal podcast, but you know, he and I became friends. You know, we talked a lot about things that go on in the industry. And, you know, he was a, an aspiring manager, like way back when, and just has a real curiosity for, you know, kind of the, the details, right? Like mm-hmm. what's under the hood, what's behind that curve. Right. And, and actually, you know, you gave me some insight that I've been using recently. Uh, and I won't get too far off track here, but you know, when, when, I don't know if you remember this discussion, but we talked about your buddy, John, uh, from Portugal, the song feel it still. Uh-huh. And, and, and again, I don't know if you remember this, and I may be bastardizing exactly what you said, but it was something to the effect of, you know, he had the song for, you know, some time, right? I don't remember if it was five months or five years, but he waited, you know, it was never exactly right. And, and I don't know if you, you know, if this is ringing a bell, but when, when he got, you know, it was like 90% there, like he knew he had something, but he was patient and kept working and kept working and kept working. And then eventually he came up with that melody or whatever it was that everybody's been singing for the past year. And that was that final 10%. So do you remember that conversation at all? Uh, I remember some of it, but it was a little bit different. It was, that song came out pretty fast. He had the 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 God idea. damn it, Dewey! <laughs> you just blew my whole fucking thing. All right, so yeah, actually, 
I mean, if you don't mind sharing, tell me the story because I guess I've screwed it up. This was so. is another song. It wasn't Feel It Still. It was another song uh, we were talking about. But this one, Feel It Still, basically he was talking about how they, they had like 48 songs written for this record. We were listening to him. I was doing some work at his house. We were listening to stuff in the van. And I was like, I hear a lot of good stuff here. And he's like, well, the label wants a first single. They don't hear a first single yet. So uh, he was just racking his brain and going and going and going. And uh, that song basically just kind of wrote itself at practice. And he's like, when I showed up to finish the work, he's like, I think I did it last night. And I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, the song. I think I wrote it. I was like, what, the single they're talking about? He's like, yeah. And uh, then he played it and... and uh, that was that like it was it was it it kind of just wrote itself at out of practice and then the melody was that the melody the the mr postman melody they put over it with i believe it was with mike d they put it over it as a placeholder like a melody placeholder for the music Got it. and then ended up keeping it the funny part about that is apparently they told the 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 lawyers that you know we need to look at you know royalties for this because this is pretty much you know this melody line and they're like no it doesn't sound right. anything like it and then six months before that or six weeks before the album came out they're like hey did you know that's this and they're like yes we tried to tell you and they're like wow we need to do something about this but, ice ice baby too cold there you go oh. yeah all right so that so i recalled that a little bit differently but what I've been using it for with both clients on the management side, as well as the record label side is, you know, a lot of times they'll come to me with a really good song, a good song or a really good song. Yeah. And I'm trying to, to, you know, to help them get it to be a great song. I'm not a songwriter. I'm not the one who is, you know, saying do this specific thing or that specific thing. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying, you know, you go back in to the to the to the tool shed or, you know, the chemistry lab or the studio and mess around because again, I'm hearing something really good here, but it's, you know, not not great. And actually and, and I'll come back around to the companies and all that stuff, but that's something that I actually like about my uh, relationship with music is I'm not a musician uh, and I don't get caught up in like the, the, the nuances of the instruments. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't give a shit if you're doing intricate picking. Right. I don't give a shit if you've got an interesting time signature on the drums. Right. Yeah. Unless you've got a hit melody that goes along with it, right? Now, mind you, I've worked with a lot of bands that, you know, aren't even trying to write hit melodies, but, you know, it's something that I feel as just a music fan, and oftentimes, I, you know, over the course of my life, I've gravitated towards, you know, I like maybe not the, the, the super cheesy pop stuff, like the Britney Spears and all that, but like, you know, I like a lot of the popular anthemic bands and the songs that they've written, you know, since the hair metal days in the eighties through, uh, current, uh, 
current songs like Feel It Still from Portugal. Uh, but you can just say Nickelback, to, dude. <laughs> dude. Well, all right. An interesting point. Just okay? throw it out there. Come on. Shit. Well, look, it's a very interesting point because, especially in this day and age, when nothing is hidden yep. any longer, right? Uh, and I found this out by some of the artists that, you know, I've worked with where, you know, maybe the singer was in a previous project that had some notoriety or, you know, uh, was big. And we thought that that alone would, you know, get people to, I guess, buy or act, right? Yeah. But what happened? You know, tip of your fingers, you can go right to the streaming platforms and listen to it. So, you know, you might check it out, but if you don't like it, it doesn't speak to the listener, then, you know, uh, it doesn't matter who the fuck is in it. And so my point with Nickelback is, yeah, there's sort of that joke of everybody hates them, yet there's a lot of common people, the common man who who loves, yeah, those, those yeah. Those blonde locks and those melodies. Well, that's so. the thing with what you're saying here is being a music fan. I mean, you're a music fan, obviously. You're, you know, uh, but you don't like you say you're not a musician, which you you are a musician. You're a bass player, but uh, in a uh, long time ago, but you have some understanding of it. But at the same time, the best people I think to do what you're doing are people that aren't musicians because they're looking objectively at things. They don't. They're not clouded with all this other bullshit. And able to look at it clearly, look at a look at a song, look at a melody, and then also critique things. That there's a band we both know and love that you're working with, Nominee, that are a fantastic band. I talk about them all the time on the show. But there was a, I was up in a an aerial lift at work and listening to a song that that uh, they had sent me. Chris had sent me, and I heard the chorus differently in my head. So I called him up and I sung it to him on the phone. I woke him up. It was early in the morning for him and sung it to him like this is and i'm gonna adjust it here phrasing is a big thing for me with music and i literally yeah. i saw i heard the words coming out differently than they did and threw it at him and he's like huh well i'm gonna try that and i don't know if he did or not but that's the kind of like when you're not thinking about it as a songwriter you're just thinking as, as a fan or a, a appreciator of, of music you can look at things that way and be a lot more effective i mean you need both sides it's the yin and the yang yeah, I, I would agree with that. And, and you know, one of the strengths that I have built through my experience, and maybe I, I've had it, you know, for a long time and just wasn't aware of it, is, you know, branding. Yeah, really kind of branding, right? Yeah. yeah. And so that's and, – and though, you know, you were talking about, you know, some podcast art that I sent you um, – which I don't want to talk about that specifically, sure. but Absolutely. I'm, I'm developing, you know, uh, some shows, but, you know, I had a vision for at least certain elements of what I want in things. And, and I go to the designer and say, you know, let's start here, you know, and, and from there we'll move some stuff around. And I feel like that's one of the, one of the things that, you know, I really enjoy so even with my artists, right? Branding is really crucial um, part of artist development at this point. 
But going back to the to the overall companies, you know, so Outer Loop, we've got the management roster, we've got the record label, we've got the coaching platform, Jabberjaw, and then I do some things locally in uh, my community here, just outside of DC. I uh, I do a blog, I'm a partner in a blog that covers you know local development. Um, I do a charity run and a couple other you know smaller things, but my goal for this year because you know it it is hard to to focus with that many things at play right and then on the management side and the label side like you know you've got subdivision or you know you've got whatever things below that all the different artists yeah uh there's a lot of touch points there's a lot of things to think about you know it it definitely consumes a lot of my time and energy which i like but my goal for 2018 and I'm getting there is to have, you know, a, a right hand man or woman at each of those companies who can, you know, implement and innovate alongside me where, you know, we can have the, the phone call that says, Hey, this is what we're trying to do. And then they're able to go and do it and implement it and make it happen. Right. Yeah, Absolutely. So, but it's, it's, you know, it hasn't, it hasn't been an easy process, you know, to get there. And of course I've got to do some investing in, in myself and or my team, right. You know, these people need to be compensated and sometimes the companies are, you know, either not generating enough money to properly compensate someone. So, you know, I've got to look for ways to, to fund them, uh, you know, for, uh, you know, right on the cuff, they're sort of breaking even. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. You got a lot of cool stuff going on. It's fun to be involved in things. You know, I like developing things, but I also like establish things. Doesn't always have to be development. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, and I guess the other thing, and maybe it's clear to some people more than others. You know, I really. My, my goal in all of this is really to be an advocate for artists, right? Mm-hmm. And when I first started managing, all of my original clients, uh, you know, had, had contracts already. You know, they were signed. And a lot of those contracts sucked, you know? And it was frustrating to know that the artist was, I don't want to say getting fucked, but you know, in a compromised position out of the gates. I saw how it really detrimentally affect, you know, an artist's uh, creativity, you know, when they're either fighting with a label or not earning, you know, the money that, or not being, not even just earning, but being paid, you know, the money that, that they should be paid. And, and so, you know, coming from the DIY hardcore world where, where I really, you know, got my start, that's always been important to me. And so, you know, through these other endeavors, right, like I started a record label so I could help at, at present developing artists, you know, who might be inclined to do a self-release because all those tools are available now but I can come in and add value. I've got a team, I've got a staff, 
we can add, you know, the creative element, we can add the marketing element, we can add the networking element. And, you know, so we cut pretty fair deals and that's important to me, right? Yeah. Coaching platform. It's like, okay, I had a lot of young artists come to me and want to be managed, right? Yeah. But I can't manage everybody. And frankly, management, you know, especially on the developing artist front, it's a big time investment. You know, most bands are going to take a minimum, you know, of four, five, six years to really get to a point or, or even know if they're going to be at a point that's actually sustainable, right? Yeah. Or profitable. And so I knew that artists were hungry for knowledge. And, and the nice thing about the industry in this day and age is there are tools out there for artists to do things themselves. I mean, ultimately, the value of a great manager or, you know, a great, you know, uh, person at a label that functions as, a, you know, an industry resources, you know, we're using our connections to, you know, ultimately do more than the artist could do themselves. But that said, you can at least get a start, right? Sure. If you're not in a place where an agent or a manager or a label is inclined to sign you, I'm trying to give the artist the, the tools to, to think about, oh, okay, this is how a guy who has quarterbacked, you know, and I don't know the exact number, but I would guess at least, you know, 20 plus, uh, you know, billboard charting releases, mm-hmm. which, you know, look, we're, we're moving towards, different time and different age of, of streaming, but it's not, to me, it's an impressive number. Right. And so, and there's a reason that it happens. One is hopefully I've identified, you know, quality talent. Two is in the case where I've been managing a lot of these artists, you know, I've worked alongside great labels, but three is, you know, developed strategies and developed, you know, protocols to make sure that, we are being as effective with, you know, our marketing and our, you know, our fan engagement as we can to ensure that, you know, we've got, we're maximizing their sales. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And then, you know, this is getting a little long winded, but the average job, it's like, I want to help podcasters, right? Well, you are a podcast. I want to help guys like you, right? Yeah, I do want to make podcasts, but still, yeah, I mean, just as Ian McKay, you know, ran discord, started discord and was in multiple bands on discord. Like, yeah, I am a podcaster. Mm -hmm. I I am creating more podcasts, but ultimately, yeah, I, I want to be able to provide resources to, you know, people that are serious about podcasting and, you know, serious about marketing and potentially monetizing their podcast, you know, uh, yes, it can be done on its own, right? That's the beauty. Sure. You can go upload it. You can try to market it. You can do all these things, but you know, we, you know, I employ a staff and we're paying attention to all that stuff. Does it mean we're going to do it better? 
I don't know, but I hope so. And therefore, you know, that's really, that's really, you know, the overlapping, uh, you know, element to me of all the things that I'm doing, especially in the music space or the media space is, you know, it, it all stems from this desire to, to help, you know, empower. And I like the connection, you know, I like, you know, things like meeting you, right. Yeah. You know, meeting all the people that I get to meet because that, that to me is exciting. Sure. Well, you and I met over a conference call after the third episode of Peer Pleasures from Matt Carter introducing us that way. And literally from there, it just took off. And that's one thing I want to talk about, too, is because you and I didn't actually meet each other physically until almost a year or so in to our relationship. Like it was it was like this crazy, weird, like long distance friendship, pen pal, text buddy, like bouncing ideas a sounding board you know it was crazy and then meeting you at the airport in anaheim or in la and then just sitting back and watching you work was uh, you were a force like literally like get off the plane there's a big hug we're instantly in a restaurant like scarfing down food hopping in some crazy fucking shuttle <laughs> with some psychopath yep. And you're on your computer in the back seat, like your computer's on your lap, pull up, you got your phone out, like you're just going, going, going. Uh, someone called you from a band, like uh, we were just going, going, going. But then seeing how these people, you're like, hey, we're going to go to dinner with this person. You don't have to if you don't want to, but we're going to do this if you want. And I was like, yeah, I meet everyone I can. The cool thing to me was walking into Rev HQ and just watching people's faces light up like they hadn't seen someone in forever and they're so excited. And then we're having meetings and then we're having dinner with Shane from uh, uh, Relentless. Relentless, yes. Shane Trulin. Exactly. Yep. Shane Trulin, shout out to Shane. We're having his birthday dinner with him, eating tacos. But the whole overlying thing is these people really respect and enjoy your company. And that's one thing where it wasn't, it didn't seem like business at all. It was such, there was such a personal aspect to it. And that's something that I really admired uh, about spending time with you is that seeing how other people see you was what. Well, mind you, I only took you to places where people like and respect me, right? <laughs> but that was all over the place. That was everywhere. I would go, well, I was up at Rachel. Yeah, I mean, you know, not, not everybody whatever yes that i mean again it goes back to not necessarily just being old but yeah i mean experience and you know i pride myself on doing quality work trying to do right by people you know look uh, there's relationships that sometimes go south or sour and i do my best to try to figure out how we can move around it you know mm -hmm. i've been fortunate you know, in a number of ways, but, you know, in working with artists, I've had to figure out how to navigate lots of, not only the moving parts, right? Not just sitting in the back of the van and working on the computer. I mean, that's, that's something that, you know, the logistical part of it and the, uh, you know, the workflow is something that, that has been natural to me, but it really, the, I guess more the kind of psychology of it and or like the, the true relationship part, you know, 
as as a younger person, you know, I probably held more grudges than I needed to. Yeah. Right. Along the way, you learn like, okay, you know, I said something wrong to this person, obviously pissed off. But if we have a foundation of friendship and or business, and oftentimes to me, they can go hand in hand. Right. Yeah. I'm an artist manager. If you don't think for a minute, I mean, the call that I had to take that got us cut off, which, you know, your listeners might not know, was me taking the call from a singer of a band's girlfriend because, you know, I was concerned about his well-being. Yeah. Right? You know, not to get into too many details, but, you know, they're going to have to cancel some shows. You think I give a fucking shit about lost commissions or any of that? And it's not because I'm so flush with cash that I don't have to worry about that stuff. It's because in the grand scheme of life, I care so much more about all of my artists' individual health and sanity than I do, you know, any of these businesses and bands, right? Yeah. And again, that's that's all just experience. Sure. You know, uh, it's knowing that things come and go, you know, opportunities come and they go, things ebb and flow. You've caught me on a pretty good day. You know, I'm feeling good about all my businesses. There's definitely times where, you know, you could have caught me and I wouldn't be as happy go lucky. Right. I'd oh, be yeah. like, damn, there's some frustrating shit. You name it. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, thanks for saying those things and, you know, with with the relationship with you, yeah, it was just very natural, right? Like I think, I think we we connected on, you know, I think a creative level for sure, right? Yeah, and we were trading names for podcasts. I think you helped. Did you name Managemental? I, I, I did name Managemental. Yes. Yeah. So the podcast that I do with Blasco. Uh, which is called Managemental, which, you know, uh, we focus on a lot of, you know, things that managers deal with, especially with developing artists. You named it, right? And we were going back and forth, and and that was, you know, we did that with a whole lot of other things. And that's why when you're sitting up in that fucking crane, (laughs) you can't text. (laughs) I miss you, dude. I know. It sucks. That's the one. It sucks. Like everything else got better, like finances and everything else improved. But then I just lose this whole other side, and it's like this hole. Like, I, and it's something I actively feel. Like it's like, God damn it! I didn't know how, what. It's like you don't know what you got till it's gone, kind of thing. It's not gone, but it's just not at the level that I want it to be. You know what I'm saying? And and like that's why I'm glad well, we're talking today because, I mean, it's been a long time, just and we're constantly still working together and all this stuff. It's just, fuck, man. If if the podcast thing paid like my this, bills, that would be a whole other story. <laughs> but this is life, right? I yeah. mean, things have been flow. And, and, you know, think about how many friendships you have where, you know, you haven't talked to somebody, you haven't seen them in a long time, and then you, you meet them 10 years later and you pick up like it was yesterday. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Then that, yeah. I mean, I, I empathize you know, with you not being able to do it full time, because I know how much you love, you know, the medium and connecting with people. And, but yeah, I mean, that's the reality, you know, that's life. You got other, other things that, you know, have to be prioritized. 
over the podcast. Absolutely. Um, And when you finally come up for air or go back down to your office or whatever the hell it is you're going to do when you're not sitting in a crane, I'll be here for you. You know, we'll, we'll head right back into constant texting. I'll send you mixes of my artists, stuff to check out. You know, you'll pitch me a bunch of crap that I don't want to sign. Uh, <laughs> yeah, give me but, some time with this one. Okay, sure. <laughs> exactly. But, do I love you much. Uh, and I do think we could go on forever. But I think I might leave us here unless you've got any final questions or comments. And uh, if, if, if there's a lot more that you wanted to get to, we'll just have to do a part two at some point. That's what I'm saying. Part two, man. Yeah, this has been perfect. This is exactly what I wanted. And, and uh, dude, love you too, man. And, and uh, I mean, thanks for all you've done for me too. And, and uh, I mean, it's, it's, it goes both ways, but you've done and vice versa. leaps and yeah. bounds. I mean, help for me and well, what I'm doing. Well, cool. You know, and my, my pleasure, my peer pleasure to you, you know, <laughs> I, 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 I sense your passion and, and, you know, I like your talent and that's what I do try to surround myself with. So, uh, you know, to your listeners, if they want to check out any of my stuff, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Michael loop. My website for my core businesses is outerloop.group. Of course there's jabberjawmedia.com. If you really want to dig deep, there's sourceofthespring.com, which is the blog, you know, that covers development news where I live. And uh, there's there's leosrun.org, which is the 5K uh, charity run that I organize every year. Um, so, yeah. Thanks, dude. Dude, thank you, Mike. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Mike Mowry from Outer Loop Management and from Managemental Podcast, Jabberjaw Media, from everything. He's from everywhere, <laughs> including D.C. So definitely check him out. Mike Loop is usually his handle on all the socials. Uh, just a good dude, a good friend, and a good business partner. And uh, I I'm, I'm really hope you guys enjoyed that conversation. Definitely feel free to hit me up on uh, peerpleasurepod at gmail.com and let me know what you thought of the episode. Definitely tell a friend, rate and subscribe. Show this stuff out on your socials. Uh, if you like the show, that's a good way to support it. So definitely check out PeerPleasurePodcast.com. That's the website with everything on there. And check out Rockabilia.com for your brand merchandise. It is a fantastic company. Check them out, Rockabilia.com. PC Jabberjaw is the code for 15% off your order. And we will see you guys next week with more great content week after week. And as always, we'll see you on the radio.
Ever wonder what a punch from Elton John feels like? Or how you'd cope with having turned down the chance to be in Nirvana? Or what signal Keith Richards gives when he wants you to get the hell out of his hotel room? Fans of Too Much Effing Perspective don't have to wonder, because they've heard these exact stories and a jillion others on our podcast. I'm Alex Hoffman, former tour manager for Radiohead. And I'm musician and comedy writer Alan Keller. On the TMEP show, we get guests like Nancy Wilson from Heart, Jeremiah Freights from the Lumineers, and Modern Family's Julie Bowen to tell us things they may have only shared with their therapist, clergy, or a TMZ stringer. So join us on Too Much Effing Perspective. That's E-F-F-I-N-G Perspective. The only podcast you crank up to 11. <laughs>